Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Wedgehead Pinball Podcast. My name's Alan. I'm one of the owners of Wedgehead in Portland, Oregon. We're a pinball bar, and I'm joined by my co-host, the water boy, Alex. Uh, say hi, Alex. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about today? Oh, today we got a, we got a good one for week two. We're talking about the Richie brothers, you know, the the Gretzkys of pinball designers. Twin Gretzkys, dude. <laughs> uh, Wayne, er, he had a brother. And I think the two of them hold the uh, all-time combined family record for most goals scored in the NHL. Yeah, one one of them. I think scored one of them one is his brother. All of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love well, you bringing these... hockey into this. Yeah, I don't knowing know why. nothing about hockey. Um, but yeah, so we we are talking about the Wayne Gretzky's of pinball. Yeah, these ones uh, are a little more balanced. Yeah, Mark Mark and Steve. Mark and Steve. Um, I think. Everyone that's ever played pinball at all has probably heard the name Steve Ritchie at some point. Yeah, if you've talked to anyone about pinball, they're going to name drop Steve Ritchie probably immediately. It's the one, if you're going to know one pinball designer, it's Steve. If you're going to talk about a significant figure in pinball that, you know, isn't Roger Sharp, it's going to be Steve. Uh, He's just big figurehead for the hobby yeah they he's called the king or the king of flow he is responsible for a complete change in the way pinball machines were designed developed uh he introduced a lot of things that we take for granted in modern pinball machines such as like locks Mm -hmm. like physical like the concept of locking a ball to get a multi-ball, that's literally Steve Ritchie. Yeah, pretty much everything that makes pinball fun, Steve can claim credit for Partial or will credit. claim credit for. He will for. probably claim credit. Um, Yeah, but we don't need to get into the history too much, because if you want to check that out, I'll plug another podcast. Silverball Chronicles does a really good job of diving into a full history on both of the Ritchie brothers. We're going to give you kind of a little rundown today and just talk about our feelings on them, some of their, you know, design characteristics, stuff like that. Yeah. So you've probably heard of Steve. And if you're deep in this sickness, you've heard of Mark. Mark is sort of treated as like the little brother. He's the literal little brother of Steve. But also as far as like his respect and notoriety. But... I think that Mark's made some fucking kick-ass games. Yeah. Like yeah, he's one of like undeniably one of the best designers, I'd say, of all time on his own right, even if you remove Steve from the equation altogether. But I agree. It's, it's hard I, to discuss them and not compare them. Sure. But if they weren't brothers, it would be, you know, I'd still put Mark maybe on the Mount Rushmore. I'd have to really make a whole list of my top four. But he's definitely up there. Okay. He killed it across all eras. I guess he hasn't done too many. He hasn't done modern games. We'll kind of get into that. Um, I look at I look at Mark a lot like another designer that we'll talk about later in a different episode. But I think of him like a Dennis Nordman, like a guy that's an awesome designer 
that gets sort of slept on. Yeah. Like they're sort of like uh disrespected. Yeah. Like like there's a sign of disrespect when people talk about Mark Ritchie and yeah. I'm not here for it. Like we're going to end that on this podcast. If you have a problem with Mark Ritchie, fuck you. Like <laughs> the man is a legend. Okay, Steve's a legend. Mark's a legend, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, 100%. Yeah, I'm just staying quiet because I don't. I, yeah, I'll get off all. my. Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry. That's the thing. I'll put the this baseball back down. Us. This like, is going to turn it on us, like gassing up Mark Ritchie <laughs> for the next 30 minutes. But yes, the man made some very good games, some of my favorite games of all time. Okay, so we'll get we'll get into it. Like we're talking about Mark, and I think some of his most famous games are games like Fish Tales, Indiana Jones, The Pinball Adventure, Taxi, Diner, and one of my all time favorites, Sorcerer. Oh yeah. And so, man, Sorcerer fucking rips. Uh, yeah. All those games are fucking great. Yeah. Um, I mean, his well. How do we? I don't know if we have any kind of structure here, but his first published game was Firepower Two, yeah. sequel to, to his to, brother's to his brother's Firepower. Hit, Firepower, yeah, and Firepower and so, is that's the game that introduced locks. It also introduced lane change. Yeah, like like when you use a flipper button to change the lit lanes. Like the thing we take for granted didn't used to exist. And Steve's like, well, that's dumb. And I think that kind of speaks to his design philosophy is he doesn't want anything boring. He doesn't yeah. want you to be sitting there watching the ball fall. Obviously, once you're in pinball for a while, you're you're never really that passive. You're kind of nudging the game constantly. You're always doing stuff. But I think that's a big thing for Steve's games is that they're a lot of fun, especially for their eras, for players of all skill levels. And yeah. that's a good example of the kind of philosophy he brought into that. Yeah, so a, a recap of Steve's best games or an abridged version because he has so many high speed one and two. Mm -hmm. uh, the first game that's credited with having a story is high speed. And it's based on Him. his own personal <laughs> experiences of buying a sports car and driving really fucking fast <laughs> and the cops chasing him and him running from yeah, the cops. Yeah, what a story it is. <laughs> it's just great. It's it's so <laughs> Steve. Too. That's the thing is is like I was uh Rhodesy and I, my business partner, the other half of Wedgehead, who you'll get on this podcast soon, we got to meet Steve and Mark at Texas Pinball Festival in 2019. Um so we got to meet both of them. But Steve is every bit the character that you've heard that he is. And if you haven't seen Steve, you should look up a picture of Steve. He always wears like a black turtleneck type of shirt. And he's got this crazy like mad scientist shock of like white hair. Or at least, you know, over no. the last like 10, 15 yep. years. But he's bombastic. He's he's loud. He's very... Um, I'll just I'll tell these stories now. We got to meet both of them when we met Steve. The first time we saw Steve walking down the hall, my partner Rhodes, he reaches up his hand and goes, high five, Steve. And Steve gives him a high five and then does a pratfall on the <laughs> ground. 
and then gets up and shouts to a you know like a a room full of hundreds of people at the expo and goes that guy hit me that guy hit me did you see that that guy hit me <laughs> and that's steve yeah. like like that it's <laughs> <That's laughs> <like>, great <laughs> um but I heard himself on a documentary call himself a mad scientist in a toy factory. And I think that sums up his personality and his philosophy. And then Mark, who we met there as well, he's like total opposite personality. Deadpan, kind of like a Sam Elliott type, like handsome quiet like kind of that stoic cowboy just always comes across so cool he's never met i've never met either of these guys in real life but just from videos and interviews and stuff he just always comes across very calm and collected and just cool yeah and they were seated next or they were seated next to each other at an autograph table right so people can bring their back glasses and whatever and have people sign them and i remember this woman walking up and goes oh can i get a photo with like you and your brother like you and steve and Mark's just like, I can't stand that guy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, it's like they have that sibling relationship yeah. that you would expect. Um, and it's very funny. They're almost like a their own comedy duo. But Mark's super cool. We gave him a T-shirt. We talked about Kurt Russell movies which is another passion of mine. And he just started quoting lines from Tombstone. And I was like, this fucking rules. I'm just talking about <laughs> Tombstone with Mark Ritchie. Yeah. Like, You're like, this guy made firepower too. He made firepower too. <laughs> but uh, okay, we're getting out of order here, I guess. But Steve's games that you may know are High Speed 1 and 2, which is number two is one of my favorite games of all time. Getaway um the whole black knight series mm-hmm. so black knight black knight 2000 and the best one sword of rage mm-hmm. uh those games are famous uh for having kick-ass music yeah also introducing multi-level play fields to pinball that's it yeah Multi- the first double level play field which then Everyone copied. Oh, yeah. There's a whole there's a whole era right after Black Knight came yeah, out. Almost all of them are bad. That's not true. That's that's really not true. But Flash Gordon's good. <laughs> yeah. But so many of them are Black bad. Knight one right out of the gate did it a lot better than a lot of guys that had a lot more time. Yes. It's kind of funny. Like But that's because Steve's the king. Yeah. He knows what's good. He knows what you want before you want it. Yeah. Uh other games, Terminator 2. Uh, Star Trek Next Generation. And so many of these are in the top five best-selling. I mean, T2, Firepower, Flash, which I noticed you admitted earlier. All of those are like some of the best-selling games of all time. The guy dominated. Him and Pat Lawler, who I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, really just dominate the charts. We'll talk about... We'll definitely talk about Pat in a future episode. (laughs) He made NASCAR. Of course we'll... Oh, I admitted Flash for a reason. We'll get to that. But he also made Star Trek Next Gen, Stern Trek, Spider-Man, Firepower, and a game that you own, No Fear. Oh, yeah. Which is... The sickest. It's like if you condensed him into one singular game, it would be No Fear. He is No Fear. (laughs) 
Like, yeah. like he loves riding motorcycles, driving fast cars. I mean, he is the voices, the flaming skull that yells at you the entire time you play it. He's also a voice in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Him and Mark, they both voice characters in each other's yeah. games often. There's a lot of overlap. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I have it. I have a tidbit of Mark Ritchie that maybe not everyone knows that I thought was interesting when I was researching this. Hmm. Steve is well known for his voiceover work, his hyper macho uh, voiceover growls. But as you said, Mark was also because that was back in the day where they're like, we need some call outs for these games. Who's here? Like, like it's just people <laughs> it's how, that work there. It's how like Gottlieb did their art during the premiere yes. era. <laughs> yes. I love that type of shit. Um, yeah. So Mark apparently fun tidbit. A Mark apparently sang the song on riverboat gambling. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he didn't design that game, but he was working there. And I would love to hear the full story. So if There's I get to see be, Mark yeah. again, I'm going to ask him about it. I'd be like, hey, yeah, I really loved your work in uh, Riverboat Gambler singing that <laughs> so song. So good. <laughs> yeah. Have him sign that translate. <laughs> um, That's great. Yeah. So we're talking about Mark and Steve, but they each... Despite being brothers, like they each do have their own style. Yeah. And I think that's kind of part of what hurts Mark's reputation, right? Like we were talking about beforehand and why we both feel the need to defend him constantly is because I think a lot of people will just dismiss him as a knockoff Steve or whatever, a poor man Steve. And that's not the case at all. His games have their own flavor. They're, I mean, some, like I've said many times already, some of the my favorite games of all time. And yeah, they definitely each have their own kind of, uh, I don't know what you'd say, like tropes for designs, the recurring things. Sure. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're trademarks. Yeah. They're signature. There's a better, yeah, signature. Yeah. Signature design pieces that you see uh, across their games. Yeah. I would say Mark likes to do crisscross ramps. Mm-hmm. Like that's like maybe the most obvious. Like, yep. And he doesn't do it on all of his games, but like he has it on Taxi. He has it on Fishtails. Indiana, um, wait, Indiana Jones doesn't have crisscross wraps. No, oh. no, but it's like he does it famously in a couple games, yeah. and then it becomes like, oh, that's his thing. Well, He's I just mean, a big guns, they kind of crisscross. You know, there's not ramps crisscrossing, but balls crisscrossing. <clears throat> that's true. Um, big game, sit game. Yeah, that, and that brings up the other. <laughs> that brings up the other thing that I think Mark is well known for, and that's like collaborating with python yeah so mark worked a lot with python on a number of games from like police force to uh big guns to fishtails to taxi taxi Mm -hmm. and so they had a close working relationship slow down you're making the assumption that people know who python is python angelo is an insane artist or was he's a late artist that worked at bally williams renaissance man yeah and he came up with a lot of designs he did artwork himself and he was the art director for a lot of those games yes so even if he didn't actually do the art he was kind of behind the themes and stuff for a lot of those from the stories that i hear and he's no longer with us um but he's like 
He's an idea man. Yeah. He's a Willy Wonka of pinball, right? Like fucking crazy. And every story you hear, it sounds, I mean, he sounds great, but he really does sound like a madman in a lot of the stories that come up. So I think it's funny when you know, uh, when you know, Mark is this kind of reserved, stoic, kind of cool dude. And then you hear of this lunatic and python and how they worked on so many games together right i can't imagine like steve's not letting python tell him shit right right like and i think that's what makes some of the mark i mean that might be what makes some of those games so good is that he wasn't afraid for it to be a collaborative process Yes. It's kind of like, I'm sh- we'll get into Barry Owsler at another time, but yeah. I think Barry Owsler was the king of that, yeah. of taking other people's inputs and ideas and making kick-ass layouts to match them. And Mark did that good, too. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah, I do think that. Yeah. And then I think the design hallmarks of, of Steve are the term flow or a flow game. Like, games didn't have... They didn't really have ramps. They didn't really have shots that fed other shots mm-hmm. so that you can hit one shot, then another shot, then another shot. And so he sort of credited with creating flow and combos and games. And so he's termed the king of flow. His games, not all of them, but most of them have a really good flow. Yes. Like they're flow games. You'll hear people talk about a game being Steve gets compared a lot to Pat Lawler and Pat has a what they deem a stop and go play style Mm -hmm. where you hit the ball somewhere. It stops the ball. It does something. Yep. Pops out somewhere else. You're constantly picking individual shots off. Yes. Tough shots of Pat. Yeah. Yeah. And then Steve is sort of usually portrayed as the opposite of that now it's obviously a spectrum every game has some flow and some stop and go Mm -hmm. but when people think of a flow game they think of steve ritchie and usually pat is the foil to that like the people are like well what do you mean by flow game and you're like well you know have you ever played (laughs) twilight zone yeah that's not a flow game, right? Like, <laughs> right. And you go, have you played, you know, getaway? Like the exactly. Yeah, you, exactly. It's like, you're like, that's, those are the different, but I don't think that Mark's games feel like Steve Ritchie games. No, I don't think they do. I think they, they they're feel- definitely, I mean, they're still flowy. There's still a lot of like fast moving action. And he, there are a lot of those games that I think of have hurry ups and combos and stuff emphasized in them. But they definitely don't feel the same. I'm trying to think right now about Mark Ritchie games, if there's any with upper flippers outside of like big guns. Um, yeah. He doesn't really do like the three, because that's one big thing I think of with Steve is the repeating upper loop shots. I can't that's see what, other Picard thing. Maneuver, what do you call that? Yeah, the Picard maneuver. Yeah, the, in, it existed long before that, but that's what everybody calls it, I feel like, on a lot of the shots. Well, I think I think he put that flipper there in high speed. And that was the first where, and that's another thing that Steve did before anyone else is like where people normally put an upper flipper now. Like if you see a three (laughs) flipper game, that's Steve. Yeah. It's he put, he's, well, I mean, flash, I know 
I know uh, that there was other EMs or something. There's been something prior to Flash with a repeating upper flipper shot, but I think Flash was kind of the first one that you could actually do. Yeah. Like when you play a Flash that's set up right, you can rip that upper loop multiple times in a row. Unlike a Sea Witch. Right. Where it's like it has that loop, but you can't repeat it. Yeah, but Sea Witch was also two years later. later. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's a copycat on Steve. Yeah. So, so it's easy the, to take his stuff for granted when you look at it. Because everyone else lens. takes from Steve. Yeah. So, exactly. um, yeah, I mean, Steve's the legend. I think that, I think it's safe to say that we love both of them. I think mm-hmm. we're both, I think you and I are both Richie guys. Yes. And I mean, Richie meaning Mark and Steve. Mm-hmm. I like, like them both. I, like I think both. we're both really eager to jump to defend Mark because we feel like he's kind of the underdog sure. or underrepresented. But um, I will say I love Steve's games just as much that I I feel like there's a little bit of a tie or I'm just feeling spicy. But like I do feel like with new players, like people that have got into it in the last few years, mm-hmm. maybe the last five years or so, the pinball hobby. I think that there is a permeation of the idea that Steve is old or his designs are derivative of himself. Big time. I mean, we're recording this episode prior to the Chicago Expo, so we haven't seen Elton John, his first game from JJP yet, but... Right now, on the precipice of that being revealed, you're seeing tons of guys online talking about how he's washed up, his last few games have sucked, all this stuff. People are really quick to say Steve's done, and I just firmly disagree. The fucking disrespect, man. It's like, how dare you? (laughs) Like, like, fuck that. I can't, like, those people, I, I look at it as like, listen... Everyone has a right to like or dislike games and certain games speak to certain people. I think that's the beauty of pinball. Like we're all we all like different things, but and I think it's okay to point to some Steve Ritchie games and be like, eh, I don't I don't really like this one or maybe this one some people like, but I don't. If you don't like any Steve Ritchie games, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's an insane opinion. Like, I'd just be like, really? You don't really? like you don't any like of any of what are widely considered to be some of the best games of all time. I think that it's that weird combination of he's been doing it for so long since like the seventies, mm. and he's still doing it. So that's fifty years coming up on fifty years. It is kind of nuts. And so like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think when his first Atari game started coming out. 78, 79. I think it was Superman. Was yeah, it the first game? Which is fun. <laughs> I um, never played that one. Doesn't feel like a Steve Ritchie at all. It's a super wide body. Uh, and it feels kind of floaty, but it's good. Like yeah. it is. It's good of its era. It's just so funny how like a couple years later you start getting flash and firepower and you're like, holy shit. Like this is a different fucking game. It's the game has changed now. Like he has changed the game. It's funny because 
it doesn't take very long for pinball to start feeling very modern to me as someone that didn't grow up with any of that era or whatever, just got into it within the last five years, really. Um, and it's like, you take a firepower from, is that 81? Can't remember. I, and yeah, it's just, that is still a killer game. If you oh. had spooky reproduce a firepower, I would go buy one. I think you're yeah. like, it's a phenomenal game and it, it's still a lot of fun. It still feels fast and frantic and it's awesome. But I will say, you go back much further than that, and it's kind of a little bit of a question mark. Because I, I owned a Flash for a bit. No, yeah, Flash is... <laughs> okay, so... And maybe... I still... I feel like I maybe didn't give Flash a good shot. No, Flash Because I've played ones that are set up better than mine since then, and it made me think that maybe I was just mean to it. Flash is mid. <laughs> Charitably, it's mid. I think at the time... Okay. So I mean, it he, sold like 20,000 units. Yeah, a million it must have just blown everyone's fucking minds. Yeah. I mean, he is, he's. And I've seen people play it in turn. That's the thing. I've been watching like tournament streams of people playing Flash, and you're like, okay, when you get that thing set up mean and it's playing fast, it just makes me think maybe mine just, you know, I never did flipper rebuild while I owned it. I thought that's mm. just how the flippers felt. And now I'm like, huh, <laughs> maybe I should have taken a couple windings off. Yeah. Something. I'd, well, just, I'd like to give that one another shot personally. I'm sure I will because they pop up for sale. Constantly. Yeah, because they made a million of them. Right. Right. And it's not it's not firepower. It's not Black Knight. It's not the more desirable titles. So you'll always be able to get one. You could always mm-hmm. be able to buy one. Um, but this this segues nicely into we've been doing a good job of building up steve and mark and why we think they're the best but like anyone there are some games that (laughs) the missteps aren't as good i think i think flash isn't very good like we said and i don't think that old guy's angry with that one some flash (laughs) fanboys yeah (laughs) you know what as as i would be happy to hear that because what I feel like I hear in recent years is people dogging on Steve and that pisses me off. So yeah, if you want to if you want to find me and be like you're wrong about Flash, leave Steve alone. I'm like, you're right. He deserves more respect <laughs> like than what I get. <laughs> yeah, you're like I'll right? never like, argue that. It is kind of funny cuz yeah, as far as if you're talking worst games from each of them or which are I should say which are my least favorite cuz I'm sure there's something for everybody. I really don't like Steve's um, early games for Stern, I would say. Mm-hmm. World Poker Tour and Elvis, I'm just not, there's not yeah. there. They've both got cool features on them. I'm sure if I played them with a big fan and they, they someone could sell me on those games, I bet. But those are two that I would usually walk The by. game I will say that's decent is 24. Oh, 24 is pretty cool. 24 is pretty cool. Uh, it's it's a game that they only made a few hundred of. It's in the dark days of Stern. Um, but that game's fun. I agree, World Poker Tour. Eh. I was playing Elvis a few months ago for the first time in a long time. And what's interesting about Elvis is how loaded that game was. Oh, that thing has so much shit going on. Like, compared to Have what you ever seen Stern the, the puts flyer, in. The flyer they put out for that. And no. it's like Elvis, the king is back because yeah. it was, I think, Steve's first game for Stern. 
Oh, and so it was yeah. like the return of Richie, yeah, that king, obviously that Elvis the king. Um, yeah, that game, they put everything in it. I'd yeah. like to see the sales numbers for that. I wonder if it worked for them. I've heard that they've been on the brink a couple times in their history. And the games that supposedly saved them were Lord of the Rings. And then later on ACDC or no, then later on Iron Man. Yeah. And then ACDC. Apparently. ACDC, the- man. We can talk about that. Yeah. That's. What, what do you like, think about ACDC? I I do not care for that band at all. <laughs> yeah. But that game rips. Rips. And they made yeah. so many versions and runs and re-releases. And the reason. And everything. And you're like, it's good. And the reason why we keep getting old rock pins were because everyone's like. This game rips, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, we have ACDC to blame. Yeah. So next time you're complaining about all the old rock band pens, if you're gonna be probably mad at Steve's Steve fault for making such a damn good game, exactly. If you're gonna be mad at Steve for anything, be like, you brought in double level play fields, and then people made a bunch of crappy ones, <laughs> right? Or or you did an awesome old man band pin and now that's all we get like um then that's i think a fair assessment i will say that mark did was listed as a designer for one of the worst games i've ever played uh road kings have you ever played road kings i've never played a road kings i'm always curious about that one it's it's a center ramp, right? All day. It, it's got like one center it's ramp. It's like the little U-turn center ramp. It's a little U-turn center ramp, but then it has two feeds to yeah. either lane. And so it flip-flops. It has that little, like, the dead divider <laughs> thing that just changes every time a ball goes through it. Yep. I've never played one. It's not good. <laughs> uh, it's got like a cool kind of like Mad Max, like bootleg Mad Max theme. Well, it's not. It's like Road Rash. Yeah. It's which it's road like a rash, motorcycle guy with a fucking yeah. chain or whatever, right? It's a very boring game with nothing to do. I think we're gonna have to find one of those to go play. We'll play it. I mean, it's it's probably still pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> still um, <laughs> but oh, I see in our notes here that I wrote big game, big guns, and then you wrote. Big Guns is sick. Big so Guns? explain, Dude, explain this. I just... Okay, I played a Big Guns when I first got into the hobby, um, and it was kind of half-working, and I thought it was... I was like, this is the worst game ever. It was one of those ones that stuck with me. I avoided actively because it was so bad when I played it. And uh, I just played one recently that was actually playing really well, and I was like, this game's kind of sick. It's one of those ones you can sit up top because there's two flippers up top, and you can kind of camp up there. It's a symmetrical play field. Oh, it's yeah. completely symmetrical. Real symmetrical. It's got four flippers, but they're everything's oriented in the exact... It's just a mirror. Yep, which is funny because... Steve, I know, would make fun of symmetrical play fields when he first got into yeah. the hobby. So it's funny his little brother just went and would made make one, one of the most symmetrical possible. Yeah. But it's got big guns, man. It shoots the balls. It's It's got it's Python cool. art and it shoots balls into wire forms, which is absurd. I can't That's believe true. that doesn't rattle the whole game apart. That's true. Like the mechs like doing the thing oh, in yeah. big guns is fun. Mm-hmm. But you can do that on 
one ball, right? Like <laughs> yeah. it's not, you can ge- see the thing. Cause without that thing, the game, there's not much to it. Yeah. So it's like, they couldn't hide that after they couldn't make that too hard. Listen, I just put this on here because we can't just be raving fanboys. Yeah, like can. we can't, like we're not just, like, and we're not just here to dick ride. We're, we're not going to be, hard. we're not going to be allowed. They're going to have like, they're going to be like, I got weird stalkers. Like we're not going to be allowed to go to a pinball festival <laughs> where Mark and Steve are there because like, Oh, here's those weirdos that just the are fucking... in love with you guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so they just made good games, man. They it's did. not weird. They did. They did. <laughs> Um, you touched on it briefly, but both of these guys recently moved companies or I think Mark's been working at raw thrills for a while, which makes those big, like kind of arcade shooter games that the modern arcade games that actually make money for operators, Yeah, (laughs) like all of the big shooters. I don't know if they really do redemption games, but I just associate them with like the big racing cabs and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, those big sit-in cabs, yep. like whether it's Jurassic Park or like Aliens, yes. you sit in, you have a big gun, and you're just kind of <laughs> like... Yeah, you're just pumping quarters in as fast yeah. as you can because you die no matter what you do. Um, so, yeah, so Mark's been there, and they recently designed uh, Pulp Fiction, which I'm guessing everybody that would listen to this podcast is aware of. Has heard of, yeah. Yeah. It's sick. It got announced like, six months ago. And yeah, we're obviously, as fans of classic solid states, we're both very hyped oh, on that one. Dude. Because I think it's funny because Mark Ritchie, his first his first published game, I know he had worked on some prior, but his first actual game that got produced was Firepower 2, which has a ramp. Yeah. It's really early ramp era, but yeah. it has a ramp prominently featured in it. This is his first game, as far as I can think of, without a ramp. You're thinking yeah. Sorcerer's got a ramp no, for Ballock, right? right? Sorcerer has one ramp. Right. It's that era right. of the one ramp. So he yeah. started in the one ramp era, and this is yeah. the first time he got to make one. And so it's the first time he has like a cute cabinet. Like it looks good. The whole thing is good. And I think he killed it. I, I so you got to play one of these. Yep. At, you went up to the Northwest Pinball Show. Yes. North Northwest Pinball and Arcade Show in Tacoma, Seattle area. And you um, had to wait in line. Yeah. But you played it. I haven't played yeah, it yet. We on. have one on order. It will be at Wedgehead when whenever they, they start ship. shipping. But give me your opinions on the gameplay. Uh it's cool. It's very like straightforward. It feels like a solid state. Um there's some cool stuff going on that you wouldn't expect to see in a game actually from the era. It's kind of emulating. You know, there's it's a magnet that grabs the ball like, and throws it around. And it's got little lock shots that shoot into a VUC and actually lock. You know, it's I don't think it has physical locks, but it's cool how it does it. It hides the ball behind the apron and stuff. Um, or not behind the apron, behind the back wall, whatever you call yeah. that. It's it's a cool game. Uh, the ones we played at the show, I think it's kind of the downfall of a lot of show games were set up very friendly. Sure. And so that kind of skewed my perception. So it was like, huh, these are some long ball times for what I was expecting. But it also has a center post installed from the factory. And I know you can remove that. Um, and it comes with a little cap and everything. It's meant to be removed if you want. So I'm like, I think with a couple little tweaks or once you just have it at actual pitch that you play it at, I think that game is going to be awesome. I'm very, very excited for you guys to get your copy. Yeah, I think it's cool because it's for anyone that hasn't seen pictures of it, you know, Google it. You'll see what what I think is cool is they they per Quentin's 
request apparently is <laughs> yeah. or demands is that they started with a modern game based on Pulp Fiction. He's, you know, with like ramps and modes and, um, and he was like, that doesn't look like pinball to me. And they're like, well, this is what pinball. And he's just like, no, like, right. I want a game like that. And started showing them old solid state games, mm-hmm. which is like time appropriate for the theme. So they really went out of their way. Like the coin door looks like an old Bally coin door. Right. Um, the, the package. Oh, they did a phenomenal job. Like with the art everything. package. It's really slick. It's got alphanumeric displays, no DMD or anything. Yeah. And they've got these like cool animations on the displays. It works really well. And it's kind of like, hey, every other company, why didn't you do something like this? Because it why had a very positive somebody reception. Somebody else do this. Yeah. Um, well, Stern tried. Ugh. That's another <laughs> that's another yeah, episode. We'll touch on that later. Um <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about that. Um, but yeah, but- Pulp Fiction's cool. And then as far as upcoming games for Steve, like I mentioned earlier, we're right on the precipice of uh, Elton John being unveiled. They've been teasing it. They kind of confirmed it was Elton John, and that's going to be tomorrow. So this is the last time we'll talk without having seen it, actually. <laughs> yeah, we're recording right before <laughs> great we see time. it. Yeah, great time to record this. Yeah, but we weren't going to get to play it anyway, that's so true. it's kind of like we were looking at pictures. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, he recently jumped ship. A uh, longtime Stern employee went over to Jersey Jack Pinball, uh, and the confirmed rumor at this point is that it's Elton John. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Uh, about the theme? Yeah, uh, everything like him being at Jersey Jack. Uh, the theme. I am optimistic that that Steve will kind of remedy the issues I have with Jersey Jack games. And I say this as someone that owned a Hobbit and enjoyed it. And I see the merit for a lot of their games, but they're just not what I'm into lately. Um, and I'm really hoping that he can kind of make a JJP that feels right to me that actually yeah. shoots and feels how I want a pinball machine to feel. And that's yeah. hard for me to describe, and it's kind of a cop-out, because everyone will be like, what are you talking about? But I'm just hopeful that Steve kind of brings that, because his games, one thing they do is they always feel good. He has never made a game that feels bad. And so I'm I'm, I'm hopeful. As far as the theme, I don't really give two shits about Elton John, but I don't really care about most of the bands that have had pins made. And I think it'll be cool to have like, I don't know what's that Saturday night's all right for fighting. You know, that's a good song. I can imagine that in a pinball machine. There's some Elton John bangers. I like, okay. So I like Elton John. Okay. Like, I think he's a fucking, I like him as a person. No, I just don't know his music. His music. Listen to goodbye. Yellow brick road. That's what that Saturday night's all right. Right. Is that on there? And it's a double album. It's it's dope. He's okay. got other albums like Brown Dirt Cowboy, and it, it, he's unequivocally a legend. I do like his music. It's not something that I listen to all the time. That I grew up on, and my pa- my That's parents how... are from that they they're kids of the seventies. So like yeah, like I grew up with Elton John being on in the house. I enjoy Elton John. I don't typically enjoy band themes. Right. Because I don't think that 
the story like not that I'm a big guy because it's like I love I love EMs I I fucking love EMs we called the bar wedgehead right like we love EMs I love solid states but if we're playing a modern game that has like modes and 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 features and things that you're building towards it's like I I like a game to I want to know what you're doing. Yeah. So it's like in ACDC. Are you what? You're sick of going on tours with dad rock fans? It's <laughs> yeah. like every, it's like, it's every like, rock band. It's like, let's go collect, on a tour, boys. Collect the band members. <laughs> collect the drumsticks. Change change the jukebox to a different. Like, it just gets goofy, dude. Yeah. Like, Well, see, Foo Fighters kind of just they ignored. Co- they ignored it. The band and yeah. I think it worked well. You can have problems. Sure. You can have complaints about the execution or whatever. I know you don't like the voices and stuff, but yeah, I think it works yeah. really well. Throw me under the bus here. <laughs> well, I just uh, yeah. give him give him my hot takes <laughs> away on the on a game that everyone loves. Um, like, well, I mean, that's you know what party. Alan says. <laughs> yeah, this guy hates Foo Fighters. <laughs> I do not hate Foo Fighters. <laughs> but all I'm saying is that's a really good example of like what to do with a band license, in my opinion. And some bands lend themselves. to that better than others some bands like iron maiden kind of comes with that with that you know it has on its own iconic characters i think that was smart and like the way they did iron maiden was smart yeah because it doesn't feel it's not just playing concert footage and yeah some people like that but the people that like that are people that were going to be fans of the band pin no matter what sure like, they're like they're the guys, fans of the band. The people that, that they love made. JJP's Guns N' Roses are huge Guns N' Roses yeah, fans. And you're like, well, guns. duh, they yeah. like it. It's just plain footage of the band they like. Yeah. What the band theme needs to do is appeal to people that don't care about Guns N' Roses or yeah. whatever. And so I'll be curious with Elton John because Steve kind of like we talked about with Getaway was like a story guy. Yeah. He lost some of that with some of his stern pins. I don't think it's necessarily his control. I'll just be curious to see what he does. I'm I think, though, excited for it. I think that he's he's famous because of ACDC, so we get all these band pins now. It mm-hmm. can be attributed to him. And ACDC is a great game. Like, but there's not the story. And again, it pinball doesn't need a story. But I like it needs to feel cohesive for me to. Yes. Like you play like we're playing Grand Prix. We're going to keep bringing that up because it's sitting yeah. right near us. But we're playing Grand Prix and it's like it feels like you're a race car. You're ripping through these orbits <laughs> yeah. like it's you're a fast game. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, it feels thematic. You play big game. It's another game sitting here and it feels like you're getting hunted by a tiger. It feels like you're going to yeah. die all the time. It's the fastest wide body ever. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, those. that's why I like those games. But even like like when you get to the modern like storytelling era, it's like games like when you're playing Whitewater, you feel like you're rafting. You feel like modern the modern storytelling era. You start with a 30 year old game. Well, I mean, (laughs) modern games are to me, the modern era starts at at the DMD era or like System 11 where you have ramps and modes. Like when you have modes, modes, that's when it becomes modern. Right. Um. But like you you go down, you feel like you're riding rapids, right? Like you're there. If you're the ones that stick with us the most, I feel like have good stories. Think about Attack from Mars. You're defending cities on Earth from Martian invaders. So good. You get it, right? Like, yeah, those those games 
you understand what you're doing and even like Black Knight. We're yeah, talking you're about fighting Steve monsters like and you fighting. You feel the Black like you're Knight. fighting Black Knight and his minions. Mm-hmm. Like and I think with band themes, you don't get that. Yeah. I like can... Foo Fighters does it different. Right. Because you know, they're I like, here's this alien invasion angle, and we're doing this kind of like Scooby Doo shit. Yeah, there's like, a lot going on in Foo Fighters to the point. Yeah. Almost to a fault. I think it works, but there's a lot going on, like story wise. I will say that I prefer that though than no. Like, even if I'm like, this is a little too much, like, this is a little bit pasted on, it's maybe a little too much. I'm like, thank God there's something going on here though, because <laughs> versus, it's like, versus, I don't know, Metallica, pick a different Metallica song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate that about being, I love things. that game. No, it's that's just, another great game, but it's, there's just the, and it's maybe it's, it's, and hard I love to Metallica. Judge. It's hard to judge Metallica and ACDC specifically. Cause those were kind of the first two big, yeah, two band big ones bands in the modern era. Right. Totally. And so it's it's easy to look back at them again, like we were talking with Steve in general. It's easy to look back at games and be like, well, they did this wrong or whatever. And it's like, at the time, that was a novel idea. Totally. But yeah. we've seen enough of it. We don't need another 10 years of band pins where you hit a ball into a jukebox and select a new song. So Absolutely. Be curious to see where, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious about Tell Them John. Well... I think that's uh, I think that's, that's about it. it. That's just our feelings on the Ritchie brothers, huh? Yeah, I mean, we could talk all fucking night about the Ritchie <laughs> brothers, but yeah, we didn't I think even touch no fear, dude. No fear rips. Yeah, okay. That's all like, we need to say about it. That's all I need to say. That's a game that is usually crapped on because of its theme. Although Alex here will tell you the theme's the best part. The theme is the best part. <laughs> it's such a good game dude and i'm just blown away that other people don't like don't see that but i like we brought up i think if you lived through the peak 90s no fear cheese you're kind of like well this thing's dumb whatever but like i don't know to me it's just hilarious over the top and it's a great game yeah well I agree. Yeah. It is a great game. If you get a chance to play a no fear, play it. That jump ramp off the upper flipper is it's so the addicting. best. Yeah. Like it's the best. Like, and that's Steve being Steve. Yeah. Like fast fucking punishing shot to shot to shot, like combo, 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 like so many hurry ups and like, yes. Yeah. That's all that he game is. Every mode, you... every mode is like hurry up shots. Every mode yes. rewards you for hitting stuff faster and faster and faster. Yes. And then you smoke a post and you die. And yeah. then you press start again. And Dude, we need to get off. We Steve. just need to play that shit right now. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. What are we talking? All right. But do we need to have like a conclusion? We don't need to be like Mark versus Steve. If you can no, only what do you have think? one's games. What do you think? If you had to pick one. Well, collection, like entire lineup versus entire lineup. Steve's obviously had more bangers. If I had to, he's pick, also made more games. If I was going to have two games, exactly. If I was going to have like two games from each of them or whatever, or f- if I could have two from one of them, I mean, I might go Mark. I don't know though. Mm. What, what games would you pick? Sorcerer and taxi. I think I oh, love good. both those games. I think I would take Fishtails and sorcerer. Yeah. Fishtails is so good too. Yeah. If you're going Steve, what, what would you do? Uh, duh, <laughs> man, that's hard. I do sort of rage this, pro. This, this, this is going to, as much as I want to be like, dude, yeah, 
unpopular opinion. Mark's actually <laughs> way better than Steve. I'm honestly, Steve has probably made four machines that are in my top 15 Five. games of all time. <laughs> right? Like yeah. I am like, like getaway sort of rage, star Trek, next gen firepower. Yeah. Those games to me are like the best. Mm-hmm. That's about, and, and sorcerers there too. And fishtails is there too. Like, yeah, but I, I can't though, that's I didn't two to like four. I'm just burnt out. I've played a lot of fishtails lately, so I'm burnt out on it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, they're both just phenomenal. Yeah. Anyway, I think we ran a little bit long on this one, but it's because we're passionate. <laughs> we're passionate boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but we thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been a fun little experiment. And uh, I think we'll record a few more of these for y'all. Until the next time, go out and play some fucking pinball, man. Go go on location. Put some put some money into a pinball machine. Into games. Play Steve Richie stuff. Yeah, you know what? Prioritize playing some Richie stuff. Yeah, like you heard the episode. Go play them. Right. Like, Like go play Led Zeppelin. It's awesome. You guys are all wrong about it. Yes. <laughs> Alex and his lovely wife, Megan, have some great wedding reception photos at Wedgehead in front of Led Zeppelin. Yeah. That'll so always, now it's now you're game, always tied, tied to, to that, that game. Exactly. Um, I don't think it's that bad. To, I love that thing. Yeah. It shoots well. Yeah. Like it's, it's cool. It's, the game's cool, man. He doesn't make bad games. It's I, I think so too. Like the thing about Steve is even his lesser games, I I enjoy. They're all enjoyable. They're That's, all enjoyable yeah. in some way. They're only not enjoyable because you're comparing him to his his heights. Right. Like you're like if you get caught up in like, well, this isn't as good as Getaway, or this isn't as good as Spider Man, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, okay. But it's still fun. Right. That's, I think, going to be a recurring theme of this podcast is pinball's pretty much always fun. It should be. It should. You don't have to like everything, but like, I don't know. It's all fun. It can be fun. I think <laughs> I think you can have a lot of fun. Alan's shaking his head right now. Like, uh, I think no, you can have a lot of that fun. That is not playing. the purpose of this podcast. Pinball's not all fun. Pinball's not fun. It's serious, dude. Okay? You got to treat it like a monk. Okay? You can't just allow crap in because then you get crap out. Okay? You got to be a disciplined warrior. <laughs> like... No, uh, I agree. Like I have, I have a lot of fun playing bad games, mm-hmm. quote unquote bad games, which will be a yeah thing that we'll we talk do in the future. More about that. Um, but thank you all for listening. Go out and play some pinball, play some Steve Ritchie games, play some Mark Ritchie games if you can find them. And we're gonna go play a Steve Ritchie game right now. All right, yeah. thanks for listening. Till next time.